following program is the Drunk Ward Show. Presented in part by Burnaby 8 Ranks. The numbers to call are 280 team or star team on yourself. Now, here's Brooke. When you play, you get off and you go out there and you do your shift and you get off. Two weeks ago, they didn't want me. Now I'm hot, they all on me. You have a problem, turn off your station. You fresh kid, I ought to belt you. Boom goes the dynamite. Four minutes past the hour of high noon on a somewhat sunny, surprisingly, Wednesday. This Wednesday already, Ty? Wish it was Friday, tell you the truth. Uh, Brooke Ward Show Monday through Friday from noon to two here in the Team 1040 Tele Friend. In the uh, smack dab in the middle of the 62nd week in the long history of our program, the longest-running noon-to-two show of the Sports Friday in the history of Vancouver. Uh, there isn't another noon-to-two show in the history of Vancouver, actually, I don't think so. Uh, whatever, it's all the way you sell it. Hey, thanks for being with us today. Lee Powell will be on the program today. Boog is back instigating with Lee Powell. Talk with Liebert about some things going on in the National Hockey League. Another Canuck win last night. I know he's following some Major League Baseball action for you, too. I know he is. Lee's going to be on the program today. Why? Why? Well, because he's pretty good. Uh, also on the show today, uh, John Sandler, a buddy at ESPN in Las Vegas. We'll talk about what's going on. This guy's been all over baseball, the voice of the uh, Las Vegas Stars of the Pacific Coast League for years. They're now uh, known as the Las Vegas 51s. Johnny, all over baseball, football, ESPN, Vegas. We'll talk with him about what's going on in the baseball playoffs, which could come to an end tonight. We'll open up the phone board for you after the first hour of the program today. And a bunch of things to talk about, including on this Vancouver Canuck Hockey Club. Who's their best defenseman? I see Salo and Jovo there in, you know, up there both 10 points in the NHL standings, right up there, right up there in the league standings when it comes to points, too. But our... 55 or 6, are they the best defensemen the Canucks have right now? We're going to talk about that because there's a guy who wears number 2. He wouldn't beg to differ, but I might. And that's no slight to Salo or Jovo. But boy, has Matthias Olin been awesome for Vancouver. Held off the score sheet last night, but going to get your thoughts on Olin or who is the best defenseman and also who is the best twin. Now, after many a weekend, I've asked the same question, but it had nothing to do with Daniel or Henrik. However, in this case... Who's been Vancouver's best twin this year? And I'm telling you, it it's not the guy wearing jersey number 22, and that's no slight to Daniel. And over the last five years, who's been the best twin? And again, it has it's not been number 22. More on that later on in the program, and we'll give you just a chance to gush over an 8-1-1 hockey club. The Canucks 3-1 over Minnesota last night. Rutu, Naslin, and Henrik scoring the goals. In a, uh, a decent game out of Minnesota, nothing huge, but compared to what you used to see, uh, assuming you saw it last night on pay-per-view, assuming what you used to see from games in Minnesota, this this was end-to-end compared to what they used to serve up. I'm thinking they there were people with dizzy spells in that rink in Minnesota because of the speed of that game, and I'm not even telling you it was a very speedy game, but compared to what they usually serve up. Anyway, there's the Canucks three times against Minnesota now. They've won two of the three, and they get Minnesota next Wednesday, a week from tonight, back in Vancouver. Have you seen enough of the Wild? One of the things we talked about in our program yesterday, the schedule in the National Hockey League, and it is getting old already. Canucks have played ten games, and I'm tired of seeing Minnesota, whether it's home or road. 
I'm tired of seeing the Phoenix Coyotes. Won't see them again, mind you, this year here at home. And it's already not even the end of October, and that's it for the two visits by the Coyotes. And I'm I'm not all psyched up about the game in Colorado. I just saw Colorado. And in back-to-back jobs in Colorado. This reminds me of what it must have been like back in the original six in the National Hockey League, where you only had five teams to play. And in a 70-game schedule back then, whatever it was, you just played Montreal, played Toronto 10 times, 15 times a year. The Leafs played the Rangers 15 times a year. The the Hawks played the Red Wings 15 times. Oh, yeah, then they get to the playoffs and they play these same. There's only five other teams in the league. Uh, so, in effect, it's a step back in time because this is what it used to be like. But there's 29 other teams in the NHL. I, I'm not digging this. I'll be on this for years. There's your warning shot. Meanwhile, uh, it'll be a little interesting in Colorado tomorrow night, at least for the reception Bertuzzi will get on the ice from the fans in Colorado. Bertuzzi today in Minnesota did not skate with the Canucks. They say he's uh, taking care, not necessarily nursing the sore back, but he's uh, just resting his back. So Bertuzzi did not skate today in Minnesota. Last night, the brooding one, 18 Minutes and 44 seconds of ice time. So he played his full. Sometimes he'll go over 20, but he played a healthy whack. Bertuzzi, the beautiful pass to Naslund. The recovery, by the way, yesterday for the pass to Naslund after he fanned on that two-on-one break. And Bertuzzi fans on the first pass. Boy, the way he actually recovered. Most guys, you fan on it, they just sort of keep skating. But the footworker Bertuzzi, just to recover. And then... Still get the pass away through the legs of the defenseman. Maybe if he makes that pass as he had hoped to, the defenseman might have blocked that pass. But he fans on it, and then this miraculous recovery and finds Naslin, beats Fernandez, and the Canucks have their GWG. Uh, that way, And Bertuzzi chipping it off the boards to start the play, too, past the pinching defenseman for the Minnesota Wild was also brilliant. Not so brilliant later on when Bertuzzi was in alone in the second period on Fernandez. I mean, in alone. And again, dished off the puck. Now, if it had hit the tape of whoever he thought was open, might have been an empty net, and that might have been the highlight real goal of the night right there. However, it shows me Bertuzzi's not that confident in shooting the puck. And he has already said earlier this year, hey, I was looking for Naz a little too much. I'm trying not to always look for Marcus. Well, I think it was Marcus he was going for in front of the net. But from a confidence standpoint, literally, you can't get more alone right in front of the goaltender to try and pass it through a defenseman again. Maybe if he fanned on it, the second pass would have got through. But that shows me that Bertuzzi's not very confident shooting the puck. And his goals this year, one from behind the net and the other an empty net. He's getting his three shot tonight still, but he's got to shoot the puck more. But uh, easy to lose your confidence when it comes to scoring goals, and he's thinking pass before shoot and... And also with Bertuzzi this year, how many times have you seen him try and cut to the net, go wide and cut to the net? People say all season long, he's unstoppable, they've been saying, coming into this year. With the rule, you're going to call the hook and hold, Bertuzzi's unstoppable, or you're going to take two minutes. I can remember one time this year, and it was within the last week, where I saw him, I'm not saying it wasn't more than one, but where he tried to cut to the net. So he's, he's got to do that more often. Get the puck, hang on to it. Every time he gets the puck, he's thinking, i got to get rid of this. Anyway, last night, the Canucks will take the 3-1 uh, 
victory. And the Henrik Sedin goal was a beauty, too, and a nice little pass from Daniel to Henrik. And what a deflection by Henrik to get it past Fernandez. It was beautiful. Canucks score the first goal again last night. They're 7-0 this year when getting on the scoreboard first. In the three games in which they trailed one to nothing, they have a win, a tie, and a shootout loss. The 8-1-1 record. So the Canucks getting on the scoreboard early. And one other point for you. When it comes to drawing penalties as compared to taking them, in 10 games, the Canucks have had 82 power plays. And they've been shorthanded only 55 times. They're a plus 27 when it comes to the amount of power plays compared to the penalty kill. A plus 27, let's just call it 30 in 10 games. It's three times a game, basically. They're averaging eight power plays a game and shorthanded five times. Draws into their puck possession game. When you have the puck, the other team's going to take the penalties. When you have the puck, your team shouldn't take the penalty. And the Canucks, I'd like to see time of possession broken down. The Canucks must have the puck 35 or 40 minutes a night. And even if it's 35, that means the other team's only got it 25. And that is paying off for Vancouver. Way more power plays than the opponents and a disciplined team, and it's easier to be disciplined when you have the puck. Talk with Lee Powell about some of this stuff, instigating very shortly. Business as usual for the Houston Astros torturing their fans. Down 3 to nothing in a series that easily could be 2-1 and maybe should be. I'm not even sure who has the 2-1 lead. But boy, do the Astros just seem interesting. What did the fans ever do to the Houston Astros players to tick them off? Because they torture these guys. They keep dangling a care. Okay, this time we're coming back. We got that 4 2 lead, game two. Oops, 6 4 the other way. We'll come right back. We're going to tie it up at six. It's great. Oops, we lost seven to six. And last night, same thing. Oh, early lead. Oops, five run inning down five four. Oh, came back to tie it. Five all. Let's go to... Oh, we had a chance to win it, too. Late. We had runners and ducks on the pond. That shot down the line when they trailed by run 5-4 in the uh, the eighth inning, I guess. That shot down the line. Fair ball. Minute first and second. Scored one to tie it at five. Of all the places that ball could squirt into the retaining wall down the left field line, it has to hit the one area of padding that juts out right behind basically the ball boy. The one area it could possibly hit, it hits it in Houston and kicks back towards third base. And only one run scores. If that ball goes down the line, probably the runner scores from first. And then they'll have a chance to break their hearts, the fans' hearts, by blowing it in the top of the ninth. But at least they could have taken a lead. Could have been a 6-5 game into the top of the ninth. But no, no, that ball's got to hit that one little. Was Steve Bartman around? Maybe Steve Bartman. The Cubs guy? Maybe Steve Bartman. It was Steve Bartman, wasn't it, Ty? That Bartman guy, anyway, in Chicago. Maybe he was the ball boy in Houston. Oh, he got out of the way, hits that one little piece of padding, kicks back. Instead, it's 5-all, and through many opportunities in extra time, in 14, you knew the Astros were going to lose it. This time, they make their fans sit through six hours of gut-wrenching, must-win mentality baseball, only to abuse them again, this time in 14. And sitting home and watching it is one thing, but put yourself in the position of maybe even a Canuck fan. And you're watching the pivotal Game 3, and your team's down two games to nothing, and you got ch- you got to win Game 3. You can't go down 3-0. And you're watching a Canuck game that goes three overtime periods, and you are sitting there in the stands with your gut churning for six hours. You probably lose weight at the game. And then finally, oh, 
they did it to me again. The Astros remind me of Charlie Brown. They should be called the Houston Browns, not the Houston Astros. You know, the Charlie Brown Halloween special, you may have seen it. It is that time of year where Lucy says this year, Charlie, I'm going to let you kick this ball. There it is. Come on, Charlie. I wouldn't do it to you again. Charlie Brown comes up and misses the kick and lands flat on his back again. Lucy pulls the ball away. That reminds me of what the Astros are doing to their fans. They keep saying, we got it. This It's 6-4 late. Canerco's not hitting a slam. Oh, yes, he is. It's in time for the Halloween special of Charlie Brown. Lucy's pulled the ball away. Now Lucy's wearing the jersey of the Chicago White Sox. They keep jerking the ball away from the team that is called the Houston Astros, but you really could call them the Houston Browns. Series could end tonight. John Sandler, ESPN Vegas, will talk to baseball. Lee Powell, instigating with Lee Powell coming up to open up the phone lines after 1 o'clock today. Your thoughts on baseball? Welcome to Lions getting ready to play in Edmonton. Big game on Friday night. No shortage of things going on. But summer may officially end tonight in Houston. I'm Brooke. He's Tyler. This is the Team 1040. Brooke Ward, weekdays at noon. And the home of the BC Lions. Rolls out to the left side. Lots of time, nobody open. And he's dropped and sacked by Barrett Simpson. This is Vancouver Sports Leader. The Team 1040.